Prologue. We open on a black scene. There is nothing in the foreground or black background, just darkness and an ominous silence. Suddenly, without warning, a sound carries over the silence and it begins to speak. Narrator. Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, translucent syndrome, hyperactive boy, stage acting, the question of normality, shoplifting, teen angst, and gunpla. Listener discretion is advised. End scene. How do you find what you can't see? When an invisible guy goes on a crime spree, he's gone. Where did he go? That invisible. He's a power hungry crook with a setup full of juice. So tell me, where did he go? episode of the Spark and Manga Review, the podcast where we tell you about manga, how the art style is, how the characters are, if the plot is worth reading, and how much you should it is a good manga. Hello, I am your host Zan, and welcome, konnichiwa, buongiorno, and what's up? We're back for another fun-filled episode. Can you believe it? Holy fucking shit, it's been quite some time. Well, not really. It's been a couple weeks, and the reason why I've been a little behind is because I got a new computer! Yes. What happened was the capacitor on the old pod monster, which was what I called my desktop, died. It actually exploded, and so we had to replace it, but no worries. We have a new desktop. It's running a lot better. It's a lot smoother. Only thing is been having some issues with, of course, as you can guess, the sound card. So, unfortunately, we have to record mono for a little bit of time, but hopefully we can fix this and make it work. But, hey, I'm a genius, aren't I? So I can make anything work, because I'm that fucking damn good. But we'll see what happens. So, remember you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com. You can email us, sparkin at gmail.com. You can email me, zansparkin.com. And if I have a co-host, well, all that's in our show notes. We have a voicemail, 206-350-8462. Please use it. Send us messages. Talk to us. Let us know what you think about our different episodes and everything going on. I mean, we try our fucking best. Give us a chance. Something. Please. I beg you. I beg you, mommy. Please. Give us a chance. Come on. We're worth it. We're good. We try the best we fucking can. Come on. What's What'll happen if you send us a message? All right, enough of the shameless begging and pleading. So we've got a couple emails from Chaz Wang. Nothing too big, mainly about the upcoming Lark NCL concert coming up. When I think it's next week. And we should have fun with that. If I am able to go, I kind of went at the last minute and said, yeah, I want to go, I want to go, but it's now kind of too late. So he might say, yeah, it's too late, you can't go, which would suck, but hey, what else am I going to do? I mean, it's that time of year, you know? It's I wanted to go, I should have went to the concert, and I said, no, 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 I'll be fine, but it's I should have went. It's Larkin CL. They did fucking Driver's High, and they did Blurry Eyes. Come on! But anyway, I digress. 
Remember also we have a, another podcast, the Spirekin Movie Review, where we're having the month of Totoro's, Tanookis, and Tenacious Children. Yes, a Studio Ghibli month. It's been a lot of fun. We've done Porco Rosso. We've done, of course, our infamous Lupin episode. And, we did, and we're going to do Nausicaa soon. Yes, Nausicaa. Not Nausicaa. Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, an amazing series. You'll hear it this week. Uh, yes. So, what else? Um, nothing much else is going on. I mean, we're getting ready to go to Sakura Matsui on April 28th. I mean, we might move it to the 29th, but it's not looking like that. We're going to keep it the same as we've been. Besides that, nothing else. Everything else is kosher, is awesome, is great, is amazing. So let's get on with it. Let's get it on! Shall we? Yes, because if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Munger Review, I spun that one, that only... The, the Wheel of Manga! And it dictated to me that I'd be reviewing a manga, well, that was written by a guy named Kazuhiro Okamoto. And this manga came out, arguably, it's either 2005 or 2006, depending on where you read. It says, released originally in 2005, but then it was published in 2006 by Kodansha, or, sorry, Media Factory. So it's a little confusing, but it was released over here under Dark Horse Comics. There are five volumes, but only three have been released since it came out. Because there's some debate over what's going on. They're stuck on volume three, and they're saying, we'll release four. We're working on it. We need a new translator. Oh, the new translator, he's not working out. So I have no idea if they're going to finish the series. And this series actually is a supernatural, middle school, romance, senin, blah. It's a weird series. And its original title was... Translucent Kanojoa Hantome, which translates to translucent. She is translucent, or as we know it as, over here as translucent. I know, weird. What the hell is it about? Well, as you guess from the opening credits, it's about someone who's invisible or invisible. Well, sort of. You see, the whole premise of this series is that it's an alternate world. It's a slice of life, I forgot to say. But it's a slice of life in this world where there's a mysterious syndrome that people get called translucent syndrome. Now what happens is that whenever someone contracts translucent syndrome, the victim's body randomly turns translucent and eventually will turn completely invisible. Otherwise, you're perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Your heart still works. Your lungs still work. Your eyes, you're able to close your eyes and not see anything, which is bizarre as all hell because I think if your eyelids were invisible, you'd always see light. But, hey, whatever, that's how the author wrote it. But everything else is perfectly fine. It's just that you're like a piece of glass. You're kind of translucent when you're starting to disappear, and then you're suddenly invisible. And, unfortunately, there's no known reason why it happens. No one knows what the fuck causes it, how you get it. Just one day you get it, and that's it. Either you're going to have the minor simple one which is going to be just regular translucent syndrome, or you're going to have fully transparent syndrome, which is where you're permanently invisible. You can't be seen at all, and kind of sucks. But there is kind of a weird cure for it in a little weird way. Well, not really. It's connected to your emotional state. So the thing is, if you have a lot of negative emotions, like you're stressed out or you're really depressed, it's going to accommodate it and it's going to accelerate the process. So what happens if you're really stressed out about work and or you feel really nervous or you're sad, you're going to start turning invisible more and more. But, but, on the contrast side, if you have a really positive emotion like you're in love or you're really happy or something really good happens or you're excited, it'll rescind it. So you'll start turning back to normal. 
Unfortunately, it doesn't work all the time, but it does kind of work in a weird way. And also, there's one character who's fully transparent in the series, and when they're really happy, you could kind of see them for like a minute. Like, you could see like them blushing in a weird way, like they turn sort of like glass. It's a weird situation. But I digress completely from where I'm going. Either way, so... It sounds like a cool series, right? I mean, it's about invisibleness and people who have these weird syndromes. Well, not exactly. You see, the main character in this series, which is a Senden mind you made for adults men between the ages of 20 and 40, is Shiroyama Shizuka, a 14-year-old main character female. It's a girl who's a young teenager, and she got the syndrome three years prior to the start of the manga. And her, the way it happens to her is a little weird. What happens is that it first starts off with her left wrist and her ankle and then moves slowly all over her body till all that's left is her right hand and then that goes poof and she's invisible completely. And in the first chapter, she's freaking out because it's not going away. It's the first time and she's saying, oh God, I'm getting worse, I'm getting worse. So it takes a long time to go through, about a month to go through. She disappears and she thinks she's invisible forever and she runs away because she's like, oh God, I'm invisible. And she's a person who... She's timid. She's shy. She already feels like she's invisible to the world. And it's more like a representation of that fear, that shyness that she has is her becoming invisible. Because she's a person who, even when she's there, people really don't notice her. She doesn't really shine. Except in one aspect of her life. And that is on the stage. She wants to be an actress, a stage actress, not even a movie actress or a TV actress. She wants to be on the stage in front of people. And when she's on stage, she lets it all out. She blossoms on stage like a flower and is able to just let herself go. And she is an amazing actress. But the problem is that she, like I said, she's disappearing. So what happens if you have a person on stage who's slowly disappearing? It's kind of like, well, it's just a mysterious voice. And then she doesn't know what to do. She's freaking out. And she has a friend who's helping her out. And this is Tadami Momoru. Probably the most annoying character in the series, but he has the best heart, I think. And he's this 14-year-old outgoing, a childish extrovert who's completely batshit fucking crazy. I mean, in the middle of class, he'll lift his leg up and say, Leg machine gun! And start firing it off in the middle of class. I mean, it's something that you do when you're a little kid, but when you're 14 years old, you should have a little bit more um, reservedness. Just a little bit. I mean, not much, but just a little bit. He does other crazy things like playing games like This Way Is Down. So what happens is it's like, it's a game where gravity disappears. So he says, That Way Is Down! And he'll hold onto a windowsill and act like gravity's pulling him the opposite way that he's holding. And it's he's, he's just a weird fucking character. And a little annoying because he's just, like, you want to slap him. But he does have his moments and he actually does really care about Chizuka. I mean, he's not able to articulate it which sucks, because I don't think he has the intelligence for it. I think he's borderline hearted, but he is an artist, an amazing artist. I mean, we'll say Mandel, Paolo Picasso, yeah, fuck it. Uh, Gali, he is an amazing artist. And he actually helps her out by putting, uh, at first it's paint. He puts paint on her skin to make her look normal. He, but at first he's not really working out, because he's putting on paint, it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and then he goes... And he's at home like, why doesn't the paint work? I'm not getting the right skin tone, sir. Then he sees his sister. And he takes his paint bottles, and while she's sleeping, he paints all over her. So she gets a bunch of splotches all over her. And he has to watch over his skin. He's like, ah, I 
God, this happened to me. And she sees her little brother covered in splotches saying, I was just trying to get the skin right. So she beats the shit out of him. And then she explains to him that there's things which make you look normal that they have for actresses. If you don't want the light to glare on them, it's called foundation and makeup. So eventually his stupid mind is pounded that he can use makeup and makeup will make her appear. And he uses it for a while. But eventually it doesn't work out and she leaves school and he's the only person who's really worried about her. Goes to her house. She's completely invisible. And he says, look, I see you. It doesn't matter if you're not there. You're here and I care about you. And he finds her and actually hugs her without seeing her. And she's naked, by the way. So it's kind of... And he doesn't realize that she's naked. I mean, later on there's a point where she's freaking out and saying, I just want to feel. I want to feel normal. And she opens her shirt. She's invisible completely. It's like, feel me. You know, touch me. And what does he do? He grabs her cheek. So, on the one hand, he's a really noble boy who knows not to fuck with a girl and not take advantage of a young girl. But on the other hand, he's a fucking idiot because he had a chance to score with the girl he likes and he didn't. But he's not used to that. He's not mature enough for that yet. I mean, the thing is, he's also obsessed with strange things. Like, he's also the kid who you see in a park lying down, looking at the clouds, saying, Ooh, that looks like Godzilla. And that looks like Mothra. And that looks like another kaiju. Obsessed with seeing kaijus in the sky, and also, he's obsessed with Gunpla, which, while a noble cause, he goes eventually on a date with Shizuka, and instead of buying her something, he sees a, a giant table full of Gunpla, and he spends all of his money, including the money to buy her food, on Gunpla. For those of you who don't know, Gunpla is the plastic models for Gundam. You buy it, you build it, you know, the Stage 5 Gundam Wing model. That's Gunpla. And I don't even know what else to say about this character because he drives me up the fucking wall. I mean, he's a good character because he's noble and he's good to her. But on the other hand, he does the stupidest shit possible and there's a lot of random things which make me want to slap him. I mean, there's a funny side. Like, in between each chapter, there's like a, a, a yawn call me. You know, the four panel gags. And it shows him doing the stupidest things possible. Like, one is he's riding his bike. He's like, it feels like there's something stuck in my in my tire in the front spoke of my bike. He sticks his foot in there, flips the bike over. And he's like, what happened? I mean, that's fucking logical. You don't put your fucking foot in the, the, the spoke, it's going to flip the bike. Ah! He does other thumb. I mean, some things are funny, like he's looking and he's trying to find a gun plot thing. He sees all these words in Japanese. He's like, toy store. And no, it means bridal store. It's all, it's a lot of Japanese humor with wordplay. And if you don't know the language or if you don't read the translation notes, you're not going to know what the fuck the joke is. So, either way. You have a couple other characters, including Okochu, who is this girl who becomes a student body president, but when she first meets out, she's the most popular girl in school. Everyone knows her. Everyone loves her for whatever she does. She's the best athlete. She's the smartest in class. She's the most charismatic. And she hates it. She hates the fact that her parents are always looking at her, that everyone admires her. She hates the attention. And she'd rather be like Shizuka, where no one sees her, where no one cares about her. I mean, she does things just to, to, she doesn't want to be recognized to be as good as she is. And she goes to Shizuka at one point and says, give it to me. He's like, like, wait, what? He's like, I want it. I want it. And he's like, oh God, she's going to rape her. No, she's like, I want the translucent syndrome. Give it to me. And Shizuka's like, you can't transfer it. It's not contagious. And she's really upset about the situation because she just wants not to be seen. She wants to blend in with the crowd. She doesn't want to stand out. She doesn't want to be out there doing things. She just wants to be 
herself and not worry about the fact that she has suitors and other people following her. She wants to be just Okuchu, nobody. And this is a good dynamic of how it is the whole thing where it's like, you know, you have the one character who wants to be seen, but she can't because she's too timid. And then you have the, the person on the other side of the road who everyone sees, but she wants to be invisible. I like that it goes there. I like that it does that, where it has the two characters who are polar opposites, and they eventually do become friends, and eventually Okuchu tries playing matchmaker between Mamoru and Shizuka, but then she kind of has feelings for him, but she's kind of confused because he's so fucking retarded, and she also dropkicks him a lot. It happens, like, randomly, just dropkick, you know, like, wait, what, what is he, a Street Fighter character? Is she Cammy? Well, actually, she does kind of look like Cammy a little bit. Her hair, anyway, not her body, because she doesn't have the, the ass of steel. Any fucking way. So, you have a couple of other characters who are introduced, including um, Haruna. Now, Haruna is Haruna Keiko is this woman. She's I think she's twenty six. They didn't really give an age for her, but she is a woman who met Shizuka at her doctor's office when she went for the translucent syndrome. Because it turns out eventually that you found that uh, Shizuka's translucent syndrome follows her cycle. So when she's about to get her Period. She starts disappearing. When she gets her period, she's invisible. Then she goes back to normal. It's a half month, half month thing going on for her. Half month she's visible. Half the month she's invisible. Kind of sucks for her, but she goes to the doctor to see how to figure out what she can do, and she meets this woman Haruna, who becomes a good friend of hers. Who she's you know twenty six or twenty seven, and she has full transparency syndrome, so she's completely invisible. And I mean, on the one hand, that's really good for Kazuhiro. Okamoto because he doesn't have to draw her. He just has to draw her bandana she wears on her head, her glasses, and a cigarette which hangs out of her lip because she smokes. And occasionally if she blows smoke and it lands on her, you can see her her outline. And she's a very depressed character. I mean, she no one, she can't be visible anymore. No one's ever going to see her smile, and she's very angstful at her situation. She's sad. And there's a guy who's in love with her. This guy, Koichi, who loves her to death. He he, he wants to marry her, he wants to be with her, and she keeps pushing him away because he can't, you know, he can't be with her. She's invisible. He'll, she'll, he'll never see her smile again. They were lovers when they were younger, and now she doesn't care, she doesn't want to be with him, and she keeps pushing him away, and eventually he breaks through because he explains to Mamoru, because he's like an adult Mamoru, but he's an architect, so it's, it's kind of weird. He's like more, a little more mature, but he's still like gunpla obsessed, and he explains that. You know, when she's really happy, she actually shines and you could see her for a moment, but it doesn't matter because he loves the person that she is. And she's a really cool character because besides being invisible and, you know, having all the angstful stuff and being the cool, mean, older lady with the cigarette, she has the coolest job ever. She's invisible and she's a professional glass artist. It's kind of ironic, but it's cool too because she works on glass and makes it be seen in a way where it's sort of invisible, but not really. I really like her. She's my favorite character in the series, and I wish that they actually made it about her. I think it would have been a little more um, appropriate, as opposed to being about a 14-year-old, if it was about the woman who's invisible, or other characters, or do it like it's different characters. But, I don't know. The art style is really, really flowery and feminine, and that's where I'm a little confused, because they say it's a Senin, but it seems like a Josie series. There's all the romance angle... The, the character development, the flowery nature of it, the female empowerment. It doesn't seem like it's written for a guy, and it's really confusing to me. I don't understand why. This isn't Moe, though. I mean, 
Suzuka's a little Moe, but she's not big chested. She's not big brothery. She's just her. And most of the time she's invisible. So I don't get it. I really don't. I mean, there's some interesting stories and there's some bad stories to it. Overall, the series is just, it's okay. It's decent. At first you hear the premise and it's brilliant, but just the execution was not that great. I mean, Mamoru drives you up the fucking wall. I mean, he has his moments where he's a great character. But most of the time, you want to strangle the little fucker. You want to just take your arms and fucking wrap your neck around him and kill him. I mean, if he's a little more mature or a little younger, I can understand it. But he's not. He's the same age as our main character. And our main character is is accelerating, is moving forward. All the other characters are moving forward. And Mamoru, he has his moments of moving forward. But the main thing is he regresses back to being a little kid. I mean, by the third volume, you get a hint that maybe he's smarter than he is, but I don't think so. I mean, he says, yeah, I know that this doesn't exist, but I want to believe because you need the fact to believe. But still, you can live in a world of fantasy, but you just... There's some things that are just fucking common sense. I mean, you don't jump out of a third-story floor just to see if you can bounce. I mean, that's just common sense. Like... I could rant more about Translucent, but I'm not going to. Overall, out of our five-point rating system, I have to give this a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. Okay, but forgettable. It's a decent series. It's not a bad series, by far. I mean, you have some great characters. You have a great premise. It's just there's things which went wrong along the way. And also the release, the fact that it's been three years since I bought this series. And I have volumes one through three. I bought it three years ago. And nothing new has come out. I have to, to, to shake my finger at Dark Horse Comics and be like, come on, get your shit together, guys. I know this isn't a super popular series, but come on, some consistency is needed. You can find this in most bookstores. It's not a bad series, but like I said, be aware it's about a 14-year-old girl. There's no sex. There's no violence. It's literally about her growing up and being trying to become an actress and accepting who she is and growing up as a person. There is no... Psychic abilities, the only supernatural element is that there's this syndrome, which they don't really explain. There's a doctor who kind of gives you something, and she's trying to play matchmaker. She's a little perverted, but there's nothing really crazy about it. There's nothing to write home about. It's decent, not bad. I recommend it if you're a Josie fan or a, or a Shoujo fan. If you're a Sunday fan and you're willing to try something different, go for it. If you're a straight-up uh, Gogo 13, Berserk Senin fan, you're going to hate the series. I'm not going to lie. Shonen fan, yeah, you'll hate it. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparker.com. We have 146 earlier episodes, because we're at 147. And we have a lot of other stuff going on. And remember, we're going to be at... Hope oh, We're going to be at the Sakura Matsui, Brooklyn Botanical Gardens, on April 28th. And, to top it off, before I forget, the last thing of all... Which I can't forget. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Wheel of Manga! Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga accepts no substitute. Now, what is the one, that only, that Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a 10-slotted prize wheel. What I'm going to do is I'm going to spin that Wheel of Manga on whatever number it lands, and that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 148. Two episodes away from the big 150th episode. Woo!
So let's spin and see what we're reviewing in the next episode. Number four. Number four. Number four. So, so apparently in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I'm going to be reviewing a Senin manga that's released by Viz Signature. And what am I talking about? I am talking about Biomega. So, I guess that's it for this episode. Hope it was done pretty well. Sorry to just me. Well, fuck it. It's me again, and I've been here long enough. You guys can accept it. I'll be here forever. Just I'll release more episodes, and everything will be all awesome. So, with that in mind, I'm your host, Zan, and I am going to. I'll catch you all next time, and see you in the next Later.